Yeah. Al, Al's having a shit, so we might be a little while. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I am Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the travelling Todd Hunter. Gentlemen, how are we? How's everyone been? Al is drinking a coffee. Brett, what have you been up to? I have been finishing the table base and doing other works on and off <clears throat> in between that. Um, obviously, the weather is cooling off for everybody, and I have to discuss the weather, Al, because it's necessary. Um, actually, working with the oxyacetylene torch to do a lot of the finishing and twisting and all that stuff. I hadn't done a lot of it before. Um, and luckily the fact that it wasn't 120 degrees outside made it a bit easier to run the torch for a while. Um, Steve, I was not aware at how much gas gets chewed up just running torches for a while. Yeah. It's much different than a forge where you just kind of run the, the tank all day long and let it do its thing. Yeah. Uh, so that was new, but I got to deliver it yesterday, which to date would be my my largest piece, largest forged piece that was yeah. commissioned. That's it's kind of a milestone moment. It was the biggest thing I've made in the forge and the fabrication. And then I got to deliver it yesterday. And now its next step is to get shipped off to Alaska, where it's going to end up in Alaska. what I've been told, Alaska. I've been told that the gentleman uh, and his wife are very excited to receive said piece. And um, I guess the the husband doesn't really do social media and, and didn't really know who I was. It was just a connection through John. But his wife saw the Instagram post photo that I put up the other day, which uh, kind of blew me away because it was just nothing but nice comments and a lot of people saying very, very kind things it is also by far the most engaged liked photo i think i've ever posted on instagram <laughs> which makes me feel fucking chuffed about nice. the project itself happy with how it turned out um yesterday was a bit of a long day though just waking up early getting some shots um for the final pieces of video and then driving three and a half hours um to deliver it and then three and a half hours back. So yeah, I've got two days, two, two and a half days before I've got to shove off to maker's camp, uh, a little bit of to-do list before then a couple of odds and ends. And then mm -hmm. I have to, I have to remember what it's like to pack for travel. <laughs> Cause I haven't done that in a long time. No, it's been a but while. Yeah. Nice. That's really it for me. It was just a full week of working on the base. Cool. Uh, Al, what about you? What have you been up to? So after um, traveling all the yeah. way to uh, Dr. Maltese for the fabulous wedding, uh, it turns out that the electronics in the camper van are not fit for purpose. Um, oh, and really? I was, yeah, I was unfortunately stuck in a field, um, not able to leave the beautiful um, southern part of our country. Yeah. So uh, this week I've uh, basically sourced a upgraded alternator and fitted a much beefier battery because I mean the batteries in Vitara's are fucking tiny. I don't yeah. know why they're so small, um, both in capacity and sort of cranking amps. So yeah. I've I've upgraded that 
um, nice. which will help. I mean, also, you know, I'm going to fit things like spotlights and yeah, already yeah. there's like a, a beefier stereo and stuff. So it mm-hmm. just makes sense anyway. Yeah. So that's sorted. Um, I managed to get back up. Uh, in the meantime, I've managed to purchase the third Vitara in this um, <laughs> God, ridiculous fucking endeavor uh, because um, I've got another gearbox. I've got another engine. I've got prop shafts. I've got everything kind of big that I thought I needed basically for yeah. this for this twin engine mm-hmm. car. Um but it's just so difficult to find all the ancillaries and an intake manifold and yeah. a distrib- distributor and all the kind of just gubbins in an engine bay that isn't an engine. Yeah. And everyone that was braking vehicles was like, oh 50 quid for this, 50 quid for that, you know, yeah. blah, blah blah blah. Oh I can't post stuff, blah blah blah. So basically I just managed to get an entire vehicle for 200 quid. Nice. Um, with everything I need, uh, including spares, but it also gives me options now for like a pickup conversion and everything, all the engine mounts and all the oh, everything. Basically, so I've now got another gearbox. And you're just going to end up with a fleet of customized guitars. I mean, my drive is getting shorter as the days go by. <laughs> but um, but yeah, That's literally, insane. it was it was for the sake of two hundred quid. It's yeah. like this is this is a no brainer. Um, the only problem is it's in another country. Where, which country? That country being Scotland. Um, ah, that's, yeah, that's so, barely another country. Thinking there, Steve, thinking, yeah. oh, he means like abroad. Yeah. Um, so the challenge is, how do I get this vehicle down from Aberdeen? Uh, Road trip. It's quite the trip. Oh, tell Neil to drive it down to you. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, Neil is as far away from me as he is from Aberdeen. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the geography of Scotland. Scotland's quite long, almost yeah, as yeah. long as England. Um. So yes, yeah, so that will be arriving at some isn't, point this week. Isn't um, uh, Feather Forge Andy up that way though? Uh, I should know because I posted him a letter about five days ago. <laughs> I think he is. Maybe. Oh no, no, maybe no. I think maybe he travels up to Aberdeen when he's um, out at sea when he's on the rigs um, ah. because that's where a lot of the uh, rigs fly out from. Correct. But, I mean. We we, we could awesome. definitely yeah, awesome. we could road trip that. That's fine. Yeah, it's a non-runner. Is the ah. challenge? Yeah. Mm. So we need a trailer at back. This is the dilemma. So mm. traveling with purpose and traveling with uh, challenges along the way. Um, so so. Go Sorry, on. I just I just realized. No, it's that... fine. It's just just jump in. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, no, I was just thinking, uh, like, because obviously we can both now tow vehicles or tow trailers. Um, and I was like, oh, I could just, we could use the Land Rover. And then realized the fuel cost of driving the Land Rover from here to Aberdeen. Yeah, Adelaide can we back. get petrol Fuck even to, to travel oh, anywhere? Yeah. Um, well, never mind yeah. the costs. Um, oh, yeah, that, that, that's a nice little update, Brett. So for some reason, I think it's because they deported it's... all our um, heavy yep. goods drivers. They've just now allowed everyone in the UK to tow anything they want behind the vehicle without <laughs> any license. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And completely wow. unrelated to that, uh, driving back from where I was um, yesterday, uh, it was raining a little bit. And in the space of three hours of driving, I saw five separate car crashes. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, tasty. Fantastic. Yeah. I saw People a car on drive. fire yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was really interesting when you have six lanes of traffic that are moving at a snail's pace, obviously, because of the accident. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. that car's on fire. <laughs> impressive um 
so yes, that that hopefully we will be getting this vehicle at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and last night uh, was the um, very wonderful uh, memorial for Sharon. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dan put together a really nice, um, almost like a playlist of of just memoirs. It's really nice to see people chat. Um, Jimmy popped in to say hello, um, which is oh, really nice. nice to see, and, and Taylor as well. Um, and yeah, just spent the evening reminiscing and telling stories which was lovely yeah. uh, and then this morning on an equally wholesome level was um harvest festival i don't know what the equivalent is in in uh the states brett but we, there's a kind of re- religious um ceremony that we have every year i guess it was about blessing the crops and blessing the harvest back in the yeah. day mm-hmm. um but basically you take things to church sing a few songs about leeks and then um donate <laughs> a bunch of shit to like a charity uh but we basically the reason I went is because uh, the scouts go every year. Ah, cool, so yeah. We all got dressed up, um, nice and smart. Took the scout troop to the um, to church and just helped with like collecting all the food and stuff. So it was very wholesome. Yeah, nice. Sounds sounds like a a good way to spend a week. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I sorry. I was just looking to see exactly where, like, how far it would be to drive up to to Aberdeen and Leeds is literally the halfway point um which is, is kind of cool um i think the easiest way would probably be to because you can hire um uh like transit transporters the ramp trucks um so yeah just hire one of them yeah hey, so that that's Al, about... why is he why is he stuck on this and still talking about it i, I don't know cuz i it, once you figure it out Al, you'll figure it out you've been two of these vehicles at this point Exactly. I know, but I just I get I get excited <laughs> about road trips. I can't help it. Ferry to Hull from Aberdeen. Yeah. Well, um. Anyway. Uh. Yes. You <laughs> see what I, have you been up to? Thank you. Uh. What have I been up to? You ask. I I have been uh madly rushing through stuff at work to get um to get as much of the wholesale stuff caught up as possible because um. I'm off now for two whole weeks. I'm off work, um, which is super exciting, but it meant that there was a mad rush to just make sure that all the bits that I have to do at work were done um, so that when we do the, um, uh, basically, so whilst I'm off, the guys can carry on doing everything else and they're not waiting around um, for me to do bits for wholesale orders. Um, So yeah, I got all of that done. Uh, There's still a couple bits to tie up, but I don't think it's anything that's going to hold anything up. Um, and then because obviously I'm off, that means that I now need to, um, make, or I've, I've got to use up these, these two weeks of holiday with, um, lots of, of projects and stuff. Um, so the bathroom will hopefully be getting worked on this week. And yesterday I had to drive to, as previously discussed, I had to drive to Liss, Lees, L-I-S-S, I think it's Liss, um, to meet a lovely young man called Chris. Uh, who basically buys and sells Chris from Liz. Chris from Liz uh, buys and sells like bulk lots of mostly motorbikes. Um, so it's just like in this housing estate, and there's this quite nice big house um, with quite a large driveway that's just got um, like a an old '60s Ford ice cream truck, um, a couple of other like random old vans and things, and then like 50 motorbikes just all parked up um 
and uh, yeah, so I went up there to buy some new wings for the Land Rover. Um, uh, got completely fucking soaked whilst doing it. And um, yeah, I'm now kind of planning out when I can, um, like which days I can do what jobs, because it's obviously a little bit of it's going to be weather dependent. And also I've got some other bits I've got to get for the Land Rover before I do it. Because um, the idea is I'm going to replace all of the lights, um, the heater motor, and a few other bits like that um, mm -hmm. whilst I've got the wings off. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of my plan for the next uh, couple of weeks is to do all that and maybe even go and work on the truck a little bit. Maybe. Ooh. Um, yeah, which should be good. God, um, you're going to totally fill up two weeks. It's going to oh disappear. Yeah. I've, I've got like a month's worth of work just to do in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, also, also discovered that there's a mouse in the house. Um, <gasps> yeah. Little, little tiny mouse that's just running around the kitchen. I'm like, oh, you're so cute. Wait, hang on. Fuck, I've got to get rid of you. Um, so at some point, I've got to go get um, a little mouse trappy thing to put him in so that I can then take him off to the woods and cat release him into the world. No. I got to get a mouse trappy thing. I think they're yeah. called cats. Well, I was kind of hoping Murph might scare him off, but Murph literally had it run between his legs and didn't notice. So. <laughs> Fucking just, what the fuck is that? Yeah, what's going on? Has he got candy? Um, yeah, <laughs> so basically, Murph's fucking shit. Um, I mean, spoiler alert: you 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 tend to not get one mouse. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of hoping that I can get rid of that little guy and all of his friends. Um, he's just coming quickly. for the for the winter. Yeah, I know, which is which is fine, but it's the fact that he's going to be eating all the wires and all of my food and pooping in things. And I don't know about you, but I don't like mouse poop in my food. Oh, my um, yeah, so I'm going to get rid of him. Um, but yeah, uh, so whilst I was driving up to Liss, I was thinking about the fact that one of the things with um, with regards to making and the making world and fixing and repairing stuff. I mean, Al, you 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 know, you were driving all over the fucking southwest uh the other day i was gonna say you're down at list there's about 10 fucking places around there yeah. i need parts from <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh and obviously with like people like dr malty driving literally all over the country to pick up random bits of obscure machinery that nobody in the world needs um just because he can um like it, it's quite interesting how this hobby kind of it, it doesn't necessarily force you to travel but it gives you the excuse to to travel around and and to go visit new places and meet mm -hmm. new people and because like meeting that guy chris i've already um spoken to a friend of mine who uh fixes up bikes and been like this guy's got a shitload of bikes that he buys and sells quite cheap like he buys them in super cheap and it, it's got to the point with with the business that he's in he basically he can't say no when someone says i've got 10 bikes i need to get rid of quick and cheap mm -hmm. um do you want them he kind of can't say no because if he does the next time they have 10 bikes to get rid of they're not going to go to him so he's always got to say yes to all these bikes um mm -hmm. so he he kind of quite often just wants to get rid of them quite quickly himself um so i've already spoken to one guy be like maybe i should put you in touch with this guy and you can get some cheap bikes and blah blah blah. This. um yeah i kind of love how this 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 whole maker thing um, it forces you to travel, forces you to meet new people. I mean, I, I was chatting to a friend recently and like one of the things I get whenever I tell people about being involved in the the maker community and especially saying, oh, yeah, I've got a podcast because you know, I'm, I'm a guy in his 30s that's that's got a podcast. I'm 
it's it's a fucking cliche um and kind of like be a little bit embarrassed about it and like oh, i don't really want to tell you about this but okay um but once i got past like that initial embarrassment and then getting to talk about all the people and places uh people that i've met and places i've been it's fucking amazing because i i get super excited and super into it and you know getting to to talk about people like jake the maker monster um i was telling someone about him the other day and i was like so fucking like this guy's fucking amazing <laughs> and yeah I, I, i'm gonna show you all of his videos right now because why wouldn't i look at that guy. Mm -hmm. um and even just like locally like getting to like i never would have met dandles like i might have met him in yandles at some point but i wouldn't i wouldn't be friends with him that I, I, I would be friends <laughs> with him. um but like i i wouldn't have had the opportunity to become friends with him if it wasn't for the maker community mm -hmm. um and so yeah, I kind of like I like the fact that um being involved with all this shit gives you the that kind of excuse to get out there and go new places and meet new people. Yeah. I think uh prior to getting into the maker community situation, um I was a big fan of travel and I started to see a lot of benefits and just any opportunity I could take to travel and mm. especially like um let's say out of state at least you know get out of my my most common uh geographic location so if i could get away from kansas originally and uh i moved to vegas and it was like oh this is a really big shift and then moving to new york after a few trips up there it was like oh this is a really big change too then upstate completely different dynamic you guys know how just empty and kind of desolate it is up there but it's also beautiful because it's quiet and you've got space but I started doing these international trips um, with older jobs too. And it would be, it was less about the experience <clears throat> that I was gaining from just traveling to a new place and like learning a new culture and all that, which is fantastic, but it would be meeting the people. And then like nine times out of 10, I would meet a local craftsperson or somebody knew a local craftsperson or somebody that made things for a living. And then you go, oh my God, how do you do this? Like when I was in Prague and then stopping by some of the shops and watching people actually make, you know, shoes or, yeah. or like uh, I went to the, what do they call it? The cobbler, right? Mm. You go and watch somebody like fixing shoes. And I was like, <laughs> I've never seen this in person before. And <laughs> the person doesn't speak English and I'm just watching them creepily. Yeah. And my very few words of, of check, you know, kind of got me to where I could stand there and just watch for a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I'd never seen that before. And I was like, well, I know, I know we have shoe repair people and cobblers in the States, but why did it take being here in this moment to experience this thing? And then it just started happening more and more. Once I got into the maker world, <clears throat> I started to, um, it's almost like the, the trips before were a little bit more kind of happy accidents that I would fall into a situation. Yeah. Now I could seek people out or I could follow certain people and then really take the time to interact with them. And Steve, you and I really early on, you know, where you're giving me blacksmithing tips because mm -hmm. Jimmy's shop was, we had that one Vulcan anvil yeah. and the farrier forge and, and like a ball peen hammer or two. <laughs> and then I get to go actually experience your forge you know a little bit later and and al getting to actually see the workshop after uh watching the video of it and yeah playing around in there and shooting a music video that no one will see ever again <laughs> it's protected. 
these opportunities of traveling and like, yeah, it's usually a lot of work to get to wherever. And it's, it's not really just like the financial part of it. It's the, it's the showing up and, and getting yeah. through all of the back country <clears throat> of England to show up at Steve's luckily with pirate shanties and Al driving on the mm -hmm. way. Um, it's led to a lot of like more, let's say open thinking or like more open to opportunities in the future. And yeah, the tools that certain people use that I would have never even thought of because they're more typical in say a German workshop than they are in yeah. an American one. I mean, I, I, I really like that, that last point you make. And I want to circle back around to that in a sec about like going and meeting other people and that, but there was something you said about um, when you're in um, Prague and knowing like a couple little words of Czech and like that being enough to just get you by. That's one of the things I think is really fucking nice about being involved in the maker community is it gives you a like a universal language. You can start speaking to people about um, the the things they're making, the tools they're making, whatever. Like if you go to a, a different country and you you happen to see someone, you know, with their workshop open and they're just tinkering around and you can kind of you can go in and you can mime like oh I can, I'm, I'm a blacksmith or i cut wood or i i'm a potter or whatever and like you can engage with them on that level and yeah. you can find a way of, of communicating and connecting with someone like that like the the best example i can think of is um uh bourdain's um show um mm -hmm. i, I, no I realized obviously we're uh well i was thinking of uh parts unknown but i realized uh, we're like looping back around to, to food but like the fact that <laughs> we always do exactly food and cars um, yeah <laughs> um but the fact that it's it's this universal thing it's something that everyone understands you don't need a um a necessary spoken language to be able to understand that you can use the the language of food or you can use language of, of making mm -hmm. or tools or whatever and like being able to connect with someone in a completely different country where you don't speak the same language, but you're able to connect through a shared passion or interest or something like that. And that's fucking beautiful. That's a, like, that's a really, really cool thing. And that's one of my favorite things about being involved in this thing. Yeah. Another thing you said, Brett, about um, kind of doing it when you, once you've traveled there, there's hmm. something about, um, I don't know if, if if bravery levels increase or intrigue um, is inversely proportional from a distance from home, but mm -hmm. it, it, it's almost like the being there makes you want to know more mm -hmm. and wants to do something. And it's almost like, well, I've come this far. I might as well ask this guy. Yeah. Or I might as well give it a go. You know, you, you don't go bungee jumping in your own town. <laughs> you do it when you go to another country. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's something about traveling that inherently makes you more open to stuff makes you more to new open to new things um i mean i, I you know i drove to yandles which is the other end of the country yeah to a woodworking show i ain't even a woodworker and this was before i knew anyone and before yeah. i had a youtube channel before i was in this iteration of the podcast you know i unfortunately bumped into steve <laughs> but, I was waiting for that you know break. the the, the it was like, why have I done this? And then yeah. being in that situation and being in that environment, I was just so much more open to new things because I've traveled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I <clears throat> I like the way you're thinking about that, Al, with the, the bravery or the, I don't know, the curiosity heightens the further away you are or the more, let's say the, 
the more different it is than your norm, maybe, you know, like you got to go polar opposite and yeah. the, the adventurous nature really increases. Um, that's got to be some video game influence. You know? <laughs> video games don't cause violence. They cause bravery because we're all just trying to get out there and, and find the side quest. Um, I know I've talked about the TV show in the past, mm. but it's a, I have a memory from that trip that, is not anywhere it will never exist there's no photos there's no we didn't have smartphones or anything at that point in time but when we were in a small town called Tan Tan in morocco yeah um our cars really needed servicing before we got onto the really really bad roads yeah uh so we were getting like oil pan protectors you know like pieces of sheet steel were getting welded to the bottom of the cars and it was in this alleyway with these mechanics that just knew how to get shit done. But our reno that kind of exploded in me, we and we ended up replacing with another very similar reno and like the paperwork totally checked out for the first reno. And we were using the second reno. I don't know. There's a little bit of legal how we did that. But the second one, like we had gotten all of the uh the original cars painted by these graffiti artists in Berlin and they were fucking super cool you know all this amazing wildlife graffiti and everything we get the second reno because the first one blows up it's completely bare like it's a blue <laughs> boring reno yeah. so when we were in tan tan all the cars were being worked on but this reno was fine right it was ready to go because it was it was the newest of the three and i ended up speaking f the 10 words of arabic that i knew and a little bit of french that i kind of picked up on the trip and got to the point where the guy who paints the vehicles for these mechanics, yeah. I was driving with him about painting and the graffiti on the things. He took me to his little painting bay nice. garage and I spray painted the car in like a really bullshit fashion, but at least something to make it look like it fit with the other cars. Yeah. And then we put the hood from the original Renault that had a big lion's face on it on the new oh, Renault. Yeah. And I have this memory of working with this guy. We spoke two words to each other the <laughs> entire time. And it was a lot of just like high fives and thumbs up. And he helped yeah. me swap the hoods around and all this and painting. Like I had to go to the hardware store, the hardware store, <laughs> hardware, like, yeah, I'm, I'm very vigorously doing quotation marks, but so it's not a hardware store. And it was where I, I bullshitted my way through knowing the words for paper and sand in French and going, <laughs> papier du sable? And the guy's like, uh, yeah. And like shows yeah. me some rolls of sandpaper so I could prep the car for paint. Yeah. It was a brilliant day. I spent all day doing that. And I'm, I'm sure it could have gone quicker if I had really been able to speak the local language. But yeah. I had this totally unique individual adventure in this tiny town in Morocco and no one will ever know anything about it besides <laughs> me. Yeah. That's but it made me more brave, like going forward. Yeah. It's like, Oh, come on. I I've spray painted a car in the middle of the Moroccan desert. Yeah. We're good. So like for any, for anybody that's listening, that doesn't know the full story about the TV show and everything else. Uh, Brett did an episode with Jeff on the full bass podcast where he talked about it a lot. Um, and I think it's like a two hour episode um is it it's i think so I, I think, i'm pretty sure it's a long one um but yeah uh so if you don't know if you haven't heard that go check it out because it is well worth listening yeah. to or you can go on amazon um, and watch a really mediocre television show <laughs> called wreck trek yeah as, as you say i'm pretty sure the the stories that you said about it on the 
podcast are better than watching the actual show. Yeah, it's because, <laughs> as always, the behind the scenes are way more interesting than what's going yeah. on with the fake drama on the TV show. Um, but yeah, like, I, I love the fact that, like, like you say, like, that's that's a perfect example of, of what I was talking about, about like having the, like, a very, very limited amount of actual language, but an understanding of the concepts. So you're able to express those concepts in ways that don't necessarily use a full vocabulary. Yeah. Um, you know what a spray paint can is. I know what yeah. a spray paint can is. Exactly. Like you, you, you can mime it sort of thing. Exactly. Don't, maybe, maybe don't mime it like that, but. But like there's, there's so many, um, so many little things like that, that, that you can do. And to go back to your, the other point that you made in the, in the earlier thing, like getting to meet people um through this community and then going and getting to travel and meet them i mean like i i was talking to someone the other day like the the last time i went on holiday was i spent like four days in iceland um uh this is probably six seven years ago since then i haven't had a a holiday where mm -hmm. i've gone away and i've i've done like i've i've done a relaxation thing <laughs> um but oh, come on you came over to new york a couple times and you totally say, didn't work the entire yeah. time but that, that's the thing is like every time i've been away since then has been in some way involved with the maker community um, mm -hmm. whether it was going over to the states or going to to germany or um going to see um caro or whatever and getting to work but like that was such a cool interesting experience like it's so much better getting that experience than um than just sitting on a beach or something like for me for me that's far more enjoyable like I, I spoke to a friend about it a little while back about um I had the opportunity uh, 10 fuck no 15 years ago um to work as a chef um and part of me wishes I'd taken that purely so I could could have then traveled around the world just just cooking um mm -hmm. and used it as, as a way of traveling around like that's part of the the thing about um doing the um the blacksmithing stuff like I genuinely have such a desire to spend some money get a decent camera get a few bits of gear and essentially travel around making the forge style documentary videos for mm -hmm. youtube just as a way of like basically just covering my costs just go around make these videos work with other makers not just necessarily blacksmiths with with all kinds of makers and make that sort of style of film um and use that as a way of, of traveling around mm -hmm. because you, it, I, I really enjoy that, that film. And I really enjoy, um, that kind of interaction with people. Yeah. Um, I totally agree with you. And, and, and everything we're talking about is, is kind of the reason why I made a camper van mm. <laughs> is for the purpose of traveling, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you know specifically places that i can drive to because of, of yeah. what's going on in the world um but it, it was interesting when we were talking last night um uh, among the community that that kind of had stories to tell about sharon um mm. and travel came up a lot yeah and the fact that uh, a drop of a hat she was willing to travel anywhere yeah. for, for anything um and but also, I think there's something important as well. It's the, it's the facilitation of travel. So yeah. we're, we're, the, we're talking about it almost as if it's solo, you know, or yeah. we're, we're on our own on an adventure. Yeah. Um, but what, what Sharon did is, was, was help other people travel. And not just to get to the destination, but also the, 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 the journey itself. So I th there was a story about 
picking Jacko up from the airport. Yeah. And the, the two had never met. And 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 I think taking taking Jacko up to Jimmy's, maybe I think it's for a class. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't think it was the blacksmithing one, it would be the spoon one or something. Yeah. Um but just two strangers in a car for a few hours and suddenly you're you're forging a new relationship and you're mm. learning new things about yourself and learning new things about other people. Um and just encouraging other people to travel and, and yeah. to go places as well. I think because we're all these weird combinations of introverted extroverts and people are worried about traveling anywhere and like, I want to come to make a central, but yeah. I don't know if I can make it. And it's a long way to go. And, you know, it, um, I'm not good with like lots of people. I think it can be really helpful if we encourage others to travel as well. Yeah. Get out of our comfort zone kind of thing. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what happened with um, with Jake when he came over for Maker Central. We bullied him into coming over for Maker Central. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, bullied him into coming over, and then he was like, "Well, fuck it, I'll just move my flight for like I'll, I'll hang around for an extra couple of days and come down to the aftersmithing thing." And like the the fact that a he was willing to do that um, was brilliant. But then, but yeah, I think it was on the uh, Wednesday. Um, when everyone went to Yandel's and was doing the uh, the turning and stuff, and um, and I ended up driving um, Jake and Carrier to the airport, mm-hmm. and I th- yeah, I think it, yeah, it was just us, and um, and we just had to, like a really fucking nice chat in the car, and mm-hmm. like, just talking about all kinds of shit, um, some like nice, deep, and meaningfuls, and it was fucking brilliant, and like that obviously i i i love terry already but like that car journey just i i fucking i love the guy and i would like i would genuinely feel comfortable going um going over there and and staying with him like arranging to go stay with him for a week mm-hmm. and not even question it i don't even like going and staying with friends that i know for a week sort of thing like, right but because well, it was still strange it was still strange just to, uh, you know, I showed up at Al's that first year, um, <laughs> yeah. showing up at Al's and then we drove down to yours and it was, we did a painting I painted session. my living room. <laughs> yeah. And those, I mean, instantly just between like a couple of days, it was like, okay, I've never been here before. Yeah. And now I'm in Leeds and I'm meeting this guy that I've known for a while. And then we're going to drive to the other end of the country. To go to yeah. this tiny little village that I would have never heard of and paint this guy's house that I've also been friends with for a while. Yeah. All of those things kind of don't make sense on paper, but it it made the experience so much more enjoyable because then I got five and a half hours in the car with Al and we just sang sea shanties and pirate stuff, which was like yeah. solidifying a goofy relationship with the buddy that I had known through the internet. Um, and then the more that kept happening you know i would spend a f- hours and hours in the car with jimmy when we do trips for either work or mm. going and picking up stuff um laura and i did a few when she was visiting you know we did a few trips and and like ran yeah. some errands and she was in the truck with me um and obviously like uh doing a, a few other road trips just throughout my life like you start to spend so much more yeah. time with these people with no expectations and no uh kind of prior schedule setup you just yeah. you show up like 90 percent of it is just showing up yeah. and the rest of it gets figured out but that, that like it was like with um uh chris cash like the first time i met him was at the the first... worst <laughs> oh i'm sorry 
the the first um blacksmith class I was over for. And mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh hi, I'm I'm Steve, I'm Moonshine Networks on, on Instagram. He's like, I know who you are. I'm like, uh okay. And um and like it was it like just chatting away and obviously brought the um uh, hacksaw and everything. And it was it was just super the nice. One I broke. Yeah, that one. <laughs> It's super nice and and all of that, but then I, I'm pretty sure it was the next time that I ever saw him in person. We ended up just spending fucking hours just driving around in, in uh, his truck, like to all these different places, and just like taking, taking half a day to go off and look at some tools here or look at some tools right. there, and then shared a fucking room at Maker's Camp, and it was fine. It was it was like, but these things, if you if you look at them in isolation, and if you were to suggest to someone like i'm going to make you stay or you, you you're going to stay in a room with someone that you've only ever met once before for three nights and you're going to spend four hours a day driving around in a pickup with them and you're going to eat breakfast with them every day and you're going to do this with them every day you'd be like uh, by breakfast we mean the milk run yeah exactly you'd be like uh i'm not sure about that that sounds a bit weird but within this context it just it makes perfect sense it's like yeah sure why wouldn't i um and like there's there's no question of of the fact that if if someone within this community introduces me to someone else within this community then it's like oh yeah sure come to my house and and stay for six nights and mm-hmm. not not even question it um and yeah it, it's a really kind of weird thing that that it, it just doesn't i don't know yeah, it, it it doesn't make sense outside of of the context of of the maker community or within any community, I suppose. But um, yeah, you realize there's still plenty of people that travel the world and want all the creature comforts. They just hmm. want to exist in the other space. Like we yeah. are, I wouldn't say that we're atypical, but there are definitely few. I would say fewer people doing what we do when we travel, and and they're more on the. Uh, especially in the States, it's like, I'm going to go to Mexico. So they go yeah. to one of the three Mexican tourist cities. That's yeah. basically just like, you're just staying at a hotel next to a beach yeah. and yeah. people sometimes speak Spanish around you, but everything else is very much the same. Hmm. Uh, it's incredible how much the topics sometimes actually are relevant. Um, the, on Friday for work, it was the first time that we've traveled anywhere mm. for 18 months, yeah. um, 19 months. So, I mean, previously I used to travel loads, shitloads of work. Um, in my last job, I would, you know, fly all, all over Europe for work. Um, and then my current job, it was a lot of travel to to London and back um, for yeah. specific clients. And then this Friday was the first time we've done it for so long. And it was like refreshing and kind of reigniting and you know it was a t- totally different mindset for everyone we all forget we all totally forgot how to use trains and taxi cabs <laughs> and g- genuinely like we, we forgot what how, what you do when you get in a taxi and everything yeah um but just you know physically going somewhere and and all the preparation that you need and yeah. just getting in these rituals for 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 taking stuff with you and taking your little kit of work and just getting off this fucking like Zoom trap <laughs> that we've all been yeah. in for so long. Yeah, you've actually got to put trousers on. You can't just get away with just being in your pants. It was like, <laughs> you have legs. You know, I've, I've never <laughs> met these people. They've got they yeah. have legs. It was great. 
<laughs> but it, it's funny you said about like taking your kit bag and stuff like that. Like uh, Brett and I, uh, we talked about it in the the pre-show, like um, the efficiency of of travel. Like I, I'm a fucking nightmare. If I'm going somewhere, I, I have two sides. Like part of me that wants to take, you know, 15 pairs of socks per day, just in case I end up getting them wet and want to do this and want to do that and all this. And I like part of me wants to take fucking everything, but the reality is like from years of, of traveling around and, and doing festivals and going and seeing friends and stuff like that and lots of house parties and shit. Like I know that actually the only thing that I need to make sure that I have when I go traveling is a toothbrush and toothpaste. Towel. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, no. towel, towel implies some sort of washing. Or yeah. Exactly. Oh, um, but yeah, if I've, if I've got a toothbrush and toothpaste, I can quite happily stay anywhere. Because that's the the one thing that really bugs me is if I can't brush my teeth in the morning. Um, well, you I, remember sleeping in the tent? We all just yeah. kind of wore the same clothes for three days. Yeah, that that was that was fun. Um, I forgot about that actually. Fuck. But like that, that's the thing. I like, haven't. <laughs> There's but only I, so many things you can wash using the antiseptic yeah. hand gel in a in a in a portaloo. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like the, the amount of times I've, I've been at festivals and it's literally just been wet wipes and that's it. Um, and realizing that actually you can wear the same clothes for two or three days before they start to really sink. Um, and like, yes, it's nice to have clean, fresh stuff every day, but if that's not an option. It's not the end of the world, especially if you're doing something where you're working anyway. Like if you're, if you're going out into restaurants and things, having nice meals and yes, you do want to take a clean shirt, but if you're just going to be hacking away in the fucking woods clearing them sort of thing like you don't need to take stuff so you can travel super light um yeah. you know what makes things even easier is if when you get to the place you just don't wear clothes at all <laughs> then there's no washing to be done and that's what's going to happen at the makers camp this year i mean i tried at 10 makers but like <laughs> no one was having it yeah um yeah it just just be careful about what you eat if you go to germany that's all i'll say um <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Still to this day, that's the worst I've ever been. That was fucking horrible. Um, okay. Hey, hold on. Let me let me jump in with the question because I wanted to get this uh answered by you guys before we wrapped it up. What do you think if you were to suggest to any of these people that are either getting into it or haven't done a lot of trips and they're in the maker community? Everyone here is obviously very welcoming. So hmm. you have this, you have this amazing setup. To where if you start to interact and meet people here, everyone's kind of ready to cater or like have you have you in, accept them into the shop, whatever it is. But yeah. when you want to be a good traveler and a good guest, traveling to a foreign country or not, like what are what are the main things that you're like, this is what will make your life easier traveling and make you a better, uh, let's say, guest or just like somebody that is going elsewhere, right? You're not the local at that point. What makes that easier or better for the people that are going to accept you into their home or community? Oh, that's a good question. Um, like, I mean, is it bringing sweets, right? If I were to come over to <laughs> Steve's, let's go back in time and I show up at Steve's and bring him something, you know, food wise. Yeah. Is that the way that you kind of like crack down the barrier and you're like, hey, we're going to be buddies now because I brought I mean, you a bottle of whiskey? Like, it's alcohol. Like, you I'm, can get alcohol. 
I'm, I'm not sure on that one because like Ra Rasmus brought sweets and alcohol and I still can't stand the guy. So I don't know. Uh, not... yeah, but I mean, Rasmus is a special case. Um, <laughs> sorry. Alia, no, like no, no, this, this, this is inspired by you, Steve, because I'm sure you've ranted to me about this before. Um, have some plans of your own. Mm, yeah. If, if you're going somewhere, don't expect the people there to have everything sorted for you mainly yeah. because that's where they live and they don't yeah. really think about things like what's the nice to do around where i live <laughs> <laughs> um and it might actually be really nice if you had something planned and that they could come with you yeah you know like it it was only when carol visited last time i've actually been to the fucking um yorkshire dales for the first time in my life Really? Because yeah, because it's near me. Yeah, and you don't think of it as being somewhere that I would travel to. Yeah, because it's not exotic or far away, or you know, or anything particular that I'd ever thought about doing. Yeah, um, it never crossed my mind. So, so I think going with a bit of a plan, even if it's not set in stone and you don't have to yeah. do it, is a really nice thing. It's almost like a little gift, like you know, you you don't have to think. Yeah, because I'll 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 do the thinking today, and and it's a bit of a relief on that on the person there yeah that's that's a fucking good shout because to be fair that is something that i i think yeah we have talked about before like i really struggle because i i hate um i, I love playing host like i love cooking and getting like making sure everyone's happy and, and all of that but it does become like super stressful because you there's <laughs> yeah no but the, pra the practical side is is is, is yeah. not the the, the hosting yeah. and the cooking and the cleaning yeah. and, you know the the stuff that's just sort of um not routine but you know yeah yeah you would be doing it anyway you're just doing it on a larger yeah. scale it's yeah. the now entertain me yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i like, don't know i wasn't gonna entertain myself <laughs> yeah like it doesn't even need to be like a, a big activity or something like that. It could literally just be a case of taking a DVD and being like, I've brought this film for us to watch. I think you'll really enjoy it. Like just something like that can make a huge difference um, because it's just an opportunity for... It, it could be a bottle of booze. Yeah. I've brought this bottle of booze for us to get smashed tonight. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get shit-faced. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a gift. It's an activity. Yeah. Um, I, I'm still thinking about it. Brett, what about you? What, what, what would your tip top tip b i i think that one specifically is very very good like that might be the tops what you guys were talking about um because when you in my mind when you are a guest or when you're traveling to these other places even when i was solo and i wasn't actually meeting anybody over let's say prague as an example i was staying in an airbnb by myself it was like a little apartment airbnb yeah I was there to do work stuffs, but outside of that, there were a couple of people that I worked with that were locals. I didn't have any plans to go over to their place or stay the night or have dinner or anything like that. So having plans on your own, I think everybody should agree that that's very, very important. Um, beyond that, I think um, the thing that's been most helpful for me as I got older and started traveling more uh, when it was very regular for my old jobs, it was taking the time. And I won't say an amount of time. It's taking the time to understand where you're traveling, how the culture works a little bit. It's not about learning the local language because there's enough people that speak English for me. Like I'm lucky enough to go to the majority of countries. Somebody knows English. Um, 
And it's very typical that they're like, oh, yeah, you're a fucking tourist. You don't know anything. I get that. But it was like the Morocco thing where I knew a teensy bit of, of French and a teensy bit of Arabic. And it was enough to just go, I know this is how I need to speak to you and say please and thanks and all the things. Yeah. Um, and don't be a bother. <laughs> <laughs> but like if you're asking for something, if you go over, Steve, if I was over at yours and it was just like, hey. I really need, you know, a drink. Can you go to the petrol station for me? You're yeah. Like, you can fucking do that on your own. Yeah. All like I know where to go. There's one right up the street from you, and then there's the little Milk store down by the porch. <laughs> Same thing with you guys. You yeah. knew that if you wanted to get anything, it wasn't yeah. about going up to Jimmy or me and going, Hey, I need to be fed. If you needed to, just yeah. figure it out on your own. Yeah. I think it's the the idea of like not meant to sound condescending, but how to take care of yourself. If you're traveling somewhere, it means, yeah, to me, it doesn't mean that you have to be catered to the entire time and be taken care of. You're not showing up as a guest, which it's very, it's a very Midwestern thing that I grew up around where it's like, you're the guest. We do yeah. everything for you. Yeah. You don't even lift a finger. It's, culturally, I think it makes sense that we want to treat our guests nice. Yeah, yeah. But if you're not able to legitimately wipe your own butt, when you travel and you're doing something wrong. So take the time to like learn where you're traveling, understand a few places close, right? Look and look and see where you're staying. Even if it is me coming to Al's and I'm like, well, Al, Al won't let me get lost or he'll take care of me, whatever. I knew that I could walk right down the street to the petrol yeah. station and get a sandwich if I wanted to. Yeah. It was going to be a shit sandwich, but it was, I could get a sandwich, you know, knowing the surrounding area, a little bit of the local culture, like just set yourself up for that. Take a few notes, take a handbook, whatever you need to do, but just know that you need to exist on your own, even when you are a guest. Yeah. It goes off of what you guys are talking about. No, I, th I think that's a really good shout because literally just as you were saying about um, going to the petrol station and getting yourself a drink, like I was thinking actually like buy snacks, like make sure that you've got snacks and drinks and stuff so that. Yeah. Basically it, massively long answer short brett snacks yeah like, <laughs> that's all it comes down to yeah just just like and don't be afraid to go and buy your own snacks don't don't expect the um the host to do all of that for you um and again like i know you were saying like it's a midwestern thing but like i think like them up north and also us down here like we all pride ourselves on being really good hosts and i, I don't think any any of us would ever turn around and be like no get your own fucking food but it just takes that burden off of off of that host like mm -hmm. and i think that's like the biggest thing is just try not to be a fucking burden like it it which sounds like it's being really harsh and i don't mean it quite like that but like having having people here especially when like i mean al is a fucking perfect house guest because he doesn't even stay in the fucking house he's like no i'm going to go stay in the garden under a tree in my tent because I don't like your house. And hey, just... I slept on a deflated mattress. I think that's <laughs> pretty did. decent in front of the fireplace. <laughs> it's like not a complaint it came out of me. Hey, it, it was inflated for at least five minutes. I don't really worry about. <laughs> um, but like and like Al will go stay outside and then he'll come in and then he'll just do the washing up and then be like, I'm gonna cook some food. Would you like anything? Like it's it's good. I mean, I'm I'm shit when I got there. I'm just like, uh, I'm hungry. Do you want takeaway? All right, let's. I'm gonna order it. Um, 
but yeah I, again it, it's i think like you say it's just about having taken responsibility for for yourself um and the same thing with like if you're going into someone's workshop like have some responsibility for your own actions don't go in and expect them to show you how to use every single bit of equipment like if the point of you going down there is to be like i went to see dandles the other day and he showed me uh i say the other day this is like two years ago um he showed me a little bit of wood turning um and it was fucking great like i genuinely really i need to free up some time so i can go back and do a little bit more um and if you're going over there for something like that then then great but if you're going over there and like uh, Rasmus, as much as I want to take the piss out of him, like he came over and he came to the workshop and did a bit of work with us. Um, and he was fucking brilliant because he was just like, yeah, just give me a task and set me to task and I'll, I'll carry on. Like I didn't, I didn't need to go and keep an eye on him. I didn't need to go check in on him. He wasn't coming up to me every five seconds asking me a question. He just got on with what he needed to get on with. Um, which if if you're staying with someone that that works from home or that works from a workshop that you're going and visiting let let them work like don't don't just interrupt them and expect them to to entertain you um because it's it's their their job it's their work um but yeah basically just be responsible be an adult and be spiffing Al, have you got an order? Yes. What's the order? Abs. Abs, which means you are first, my friend. Who would you like to spiff? So, on the subject oh, cool. of being able to travel and <clears throat> call back to Steve's motorbikes, um, there was an indie film, I want to say five years ago now, because mm. two years didn't happen, called Turbo Kid. I don't know if anyone watched Turbo Kid. No. Brett, did you watch Turbo Kid? I did not. Oh, dear God. So <laughs> there's, this is a pre-spiff then. Watch the film Turbo Kid. Um, it's, I, I think they were kind of cashing in on like the Stranger Things nostalgic 80s vibe, yeah. but absolutely smashed it and surpassed it in every possible way. It's like mm. the funniest, most like B-movie action horror <gasps> I remember seeing the trailers for this. It's fucking. It's it, the trailer does not even do the film justice. The film is fucking amazing. Okay, okay. So, first of all, for those that haven't watched Turbo Kid, one word: Turbo Kid. Do that. Yeah. Now they're making a uh, indie video game of the film, Ooh. On, and it's on Kickstarter, and equally looks as badass. It's like a a platformer that combines. Like that awesome BMX game for the Game Boy that I can't remember what it was called. Um, yeah, across madness or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, something like that. Combines that with just like every amazing like rail shooter you can imagine. So you're the kid on the motorbike, but you also like have weapons and shit, and it just looks <laughs> incredible. It's fucking amazing. Um, so the film first and foremost, but my specific spiff, specific specific is the video <laughs> game of turbo kid which is currently on kickstarter so go and nice. throw your hard-earned at this game because they want to want to see it made cool good spiff uh brett what about you? wait you said turbo kid is one word but i'm seeing it on amazon and it's two words hmm. is this right it's like a post-apocalyptic something yeah. or other yeah maybe okay. it's two words. Okay. oh no you're right turbo kid it was just bad, bad graphic design on the poster. Oh, gravy. Ooh. Okay. 
my turn yeah yes so um so cool yeah okay i got suggested a channel and i'm not 100 percent sure why because i haven't been doing um i've been researching a lot of cooking channels but anyway this young man has well uh, one two three four five six ten ten videos started about a year ago and puts out a video it looks like maybe once a month um they're extremely cathartic and just a downright pleasure to watch now because i'm not uh very well versed in all of this cookery that he's doing especially baking he's doing a lot of baking but uh the food looks amazing the process of it looks fantastic the way he films it and general vibe and and like let's call it cinematography even though it's very simple is beautiful so i've just i've watched all of the videos at this point they're grand the channel's name is the gentleman who which it's alvin zhu zhao z-h-o-u uh, not sure how to pronounce Ooh. but i want some other people maybe like franco and and al and some of the other people that are quite keen in the kitchen to tell me whether or not the stuff that he's doing is completely ridiculous because he does uh one of his like top watch videos is his 150 hour chocolate cake Oof. so technically that's how long it takes him to make this cake because he does yeah. a lot of infusions and things like grow that, that take... the chocolate yeah right it's a lot of like uh prep and then let the flavors soak in in the refrigerator uh, yeah, yeah. overnight and all those things it's beautiful they're very nice and calm to watch and the food always looks nice is that the they're not in the chat yeah there's no talking it's just text on screen <laughs> again it got suggested to me a couple of weeks ago and i've now watched all of them because they're just they were just nice to have on in the background and look <gasps> over and go wow these are uh they're shot really well <laughs> He puts little like personal notes at the bottom of the screen of like, I like how eggs look when you crack them. <laughs> Sorry, I, ju I just saw three ingredient, big jiggly pancake. <laughs> right? And that one is, that one's pretty great. Um, That's fucking amazing. So Al, you're going to have to tell me whether I'm, or not. I'm, this... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, his lasagna looks not, not, dif dis not indifferent to mine. Yeah. Um, uh, it was the beef Wellington that really got me, though. Because... Yeah, yeah, the beef Wellington looks good. I've got to admit, I'm. I think I think, just... I think he's I think he's pushing it a little bit, but like you say, the the yeah. the, the production is just gorgeous. So yeah, fair play. It's really well shot. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I just I love the color and and whatever. Anyway, the seems like a nice. Looks a little dry though. Uh watch watch that video. It's a it's a little interesting how he does the layering and with a couple of. He does for the 150 hour cake. He does a honey whiskey infusion with something or other, and that's what he brushes on each layer of the cake, yeah, so that it looks keeps good. the cake kind of moist and everything. It's it's pretty fantastic I'm, looking. Yeah, my I'm I'm literally mouth watering. <laughs> okay, um, so yeah, I've been I've watched all the videos at this point because um, I am I I do love food and. I think the idea of like how much time I spend trying to make things quality and knowing that 
you know, Al, if you were catering an event, it's like, no, I'm not going to make 150 of those 150 hour cakes. <laughs> like that's just not yeah. going to work out feasibly. You could, you could, because I, I believe yeah. in you. Economies of scale. It's still 150 yeah. hours, no matter how many you make. Exactly. You but uh, I do appreciate that <clears throat> the filmmaking that goes along with all of these stories. <clears throat> Sorry. And um, what, now that I'm, I'm really close to like kicking into high gear on the cabin and actually building out a kitchen space and a cooking area for myself. I used to cook a lot. I used, I used to really get into food and, and cooking and the process of it. Cause it's extremely cathartic. So something about watching this channel, maybe it's like the universe is timing it with like, Hey, you could make a beef Wellington sometime soon if you wanted in your own house. Yeah. That's in the near future. Hey, Steve power company comes tomorrow. Hey! So maybe by the time this podcast comes out, I might have a light switch that I can turn on. I nice. Know. We're gonna find out. I I must admit, like I, because again, we talking about food. I, I had the chance to make um, nachos and wedges last night and salsa, and it was like it would have been really, really easy to just go with like just jar salsa and jar guac and that, but no, <clears throat> did it properly. Had proper guac. special place in hell reserved for. Jar guacamole. Jar guac is the, it's the bag. Worst. It's the bag guac that's even worse. Salsa, salsa I, I will, you know, and, uh, extreme but, circumstances. Fair enough. If you're not, what I don't get with like jar salsa is why is it so fucking runny? Like, what's the sauce all about? Vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> but, How do you um, make it tangy? Well, we don't actually put enough tomatoes in it to yeah. do that. So How do you make it shelf? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. But yeah, and and did that, and oh, the wedges were fucking great as well. Um, but because so I wanted to put uh, like a little bit of mayonnaise on top of the wedges, but I didn't have a um, uh, like a squeezy thing of mayo. I only had a jar of mayo, and I just improvised a piping bag out of a freezer bag and just cut the end off, spoon some mayonnaise, and it was like that works. That's what a piping bag is. Exactly. Yeah. Because uh, because I like eating fancy food um you fancy did you I put am. it in a little star shape so you got little oh fuck i should have done fucking that amateur, Steve. <laughs> Swat. um yeah no that's a oh, 24 hour butter honey oh man i'm gonna have to watch yeah that's movie. that's great yeah um, i just I, I need confirmation from somebody that cooks more than I do with this yeah. kind of ingredient infusion and stuff. Like I know Franco does the, like the jelly <laughs> fucking thing that he did today that I only saw as we started recording the podcast, which I got completely distracted by, um, looked fucking amazing. He's such a dick. <laughs> oh. um, I just think anyway. Al, Al's going to come at it with a really good, like critical. It makes sense. But it's completely <laughs> unnecessary because you could do yeah. it this way and it no, would be no. way better. If, if, if his lasagna is anything to go by, it's legit because there's a lot of unnecessary things he does in it, but it's the, the correct way if you want the yeah. best lasagna you've ever had. So Okay, okay. I'm, I'm on board. Nice. I'm excited. I hope you watch. Send me some notes. Yeah. Tell me. The, um, the, the wiggly pancake thing is bollocks, but... Yeah, I mean, if... it just... If you're doing a cooking video and you're using pancake mix, I've got that, and it's and it, <laughs> pancake it's mix that, and the melted ice cream. I'm not really interested. And it's that fucking thick. Like yeah, it looks like a stodgy nightmare. Yeah, it looks like a bad Yorkshire pudding. That's what it looks like. Um. Uh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Steve Stern. Yeah. For me, I 
so because we're talking about um traveling one of the things that i'm gonna be traveling for probably not until the new year but maybe the first week of january if i can get a booking in uh is i'm gonna go up and get a tattoo up in lloyd's um with claire from kiss the skull who is johnny's missus and does lovely tattoos but i have previously spiffed her because she sent me some beautiful artwork that i have on my walls um so instead i'm gonna spiff another tattoo artist who i have also brought some artwork from um and that is dan giles who is a local boy um Again, I really want to get booked in with him um, because I think he's going to blow up and be fucking huge in the next few years. Um, does some really, really nice traditional stuff, some really nice um, like grayscale realistic stuff, although he's trying to move away from that and do more of the traditional sort of style. Um, but yeah, he put up a post the other day about um, when booking a tattoo, like the etiquette and why he's changing how he's managing his bookings and things like this. And it was just a really blunt, like, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I want to. I I want to book in tattoos that I want to do, not tattoos that I don't want to do. So he kind of um, he was just like honest about it, but it was it was really nicely put. Um, and his work is fucking beautiful. Um, so yeah, uh, he is D Giles underscore tattoo on Instagram. Um, go give him a follow if you like artwork, um, specifically tattoo stuff. Um, I'm going to put a post up with the prints that I got uh, probably sometime when I remember to take a decent photo of them. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like just really fucking nice artwork. And I really like that sort of style of, of art anyway, whether it's on on skin or on paper, it just looks fucking cool. So yeah, I'm going to give Dan a spiff. Um, so yeah, that's it. Is there any other AOB? I've got two bits. I think me and Al have got one that's the same. Al? I would like to spiff Andrew Pug for his ah. hilarious um, motivational posters that he's putting in the Facebook chat group for the um, this year's Treasure Trade. I don't know what's inspiring him to do them or <laughs> if he's deliberately trying to be like passive-aggressive, but I think they're brilliant. Um, and I don't know... Uh, they've just appeared. There's like five of them. <laughs> They're all hilarious. Is that on in the group? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, that kind of links nicely into the first one of my uh, AOBs, which is the fact that the treasure trade is on. Um, uh, normally, it is run by Ellen. Oh, yeah. Spoiler Solo. alert. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should have gone first. Yeah. Yeah. Me. Uh, yeah. It's normally run by Ellen Solo, but. Uh, she's enlisted a, a few elves to give her a hand this year, which I think is a good idea because it's a fuck ton of work and Ellen does not get enough praise for the amount of work she puts in for it. Um, uh, but yeah, it is open. Um, sign up is available. It is all in the Facebook group. You have until the 8th. I think it's the 8th, whatever it is. Basically, when this comes out, you're probably going to have like a day or two to to get signed in. Um there are a couple of changes to the way it's being done this year. There is an option for a uh, like a higher tier or a lower tier trade as well. Um, as in, like you can put a shitload of effort in and you'll get something back with a shitload of effort put in, or you can put in a reasonable amount, reasonable amount of effort and you'll get something with a reasonable amount of effort put in. Um, basically, because a lot of people over previous years were getting a little um 
put off by the fact that they'd seen some people putting in huge amounts of effort and were worried that they may not be able to perhaps have the time or the capacity to be able to do something that would do a gift like that justice, which I think is a really nice work thing to do. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that is uh, open for submission, not submissions, applications, I guess. Uh, basically, if you want to get in on the treasure trade, get in the Facebook group, have a look at the post, sign up, boom, done. Um, and the other one was, uh, I can't, act, I don't actually know how to pronounce his first name, but he's on... Um, Honour. No, it's never Honour. Honour's a dick. Uh, he's on Instagram as Projects and Things underscore. Um, Yilves? Yilves? Eve. Eve. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, fine. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's a lovely guy who has just started making a shirt, which I fucking love because it's, I'm a generalist. Specialization is for insects, which I think is a fucking great slogan. Um, but he sent out a few t-shirts already. I've received mine. He also sent me a note, which genuinely brought a tear to my eye because he's a fucker. Um, but yeah, uh, t-shirts out. And also he's just got some lovely stuff going on on his Instagram. So it's not technically a spiff, it's an AOB. Go check him out and um, have a look at his t-shirts because I think it's a really- Gift really spiff, gift spiff. It's not a spiff. I'm not Brett. It's fine. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shots fired. All right. Um, but yeah, go have a look. Uh, that's it from me, unless there's anything else from you two. No? Um, obviously, uh, Makers Camp is this weekend when this comes out. Um, go along. Go see Brett. Uh, I am not going to be able to attend this year. So go if you if you're there, go and give Chris Cash a big. In fact, no, give Chris Cash a load of shit. Give Brett a load of shit, and go and give John Iriani a really big uncomfortable hug from me, because um, I I like making people feel uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, uh, if you're going along, go have fun. Go see Brett. Uh, if you're not, then then don't. Have, have fun doing whatever the fuck else you want to do. Uh, if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks or on YouTube at The Forge. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's Vitaras and Gravy too. He has Vitaras and Gravy too. Well, that's going to be your new ringtone now. Fucking brilliant. Um, yeah. Al, Al's Vitara and Gravies. Um, fuck's sake. Uh, if you want to find us as a group, uh, Fools and Tools or FWT Podcast everywhere. Uh, again, Facebook group, go and check that out if you want to get involved in the treasure trade. If you don't know what the treasure trade is, go have a look at the Facebook group and have a look and see what people have been doing because it's fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, that's it. Until next week. Uh, well, no, in fact, we're taking a week off next week. Um, we're actually going to give you some warning this time. Uh, it's all down to Brett. It's Brett's fault. Blame Brett. Um, but... Do not care. <laughs> um... <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're, 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 we're not going to be here. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And uh, we, we love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.